What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. The Courier arrived in the town of Dan with a letter from King Hezekiah of Judah containing a proclamation for all of Israel to hear. See, the town of Dan was the northernmost city in the land of Israel, and this was the last stop on the courier's travels. See, he had gone, and I'm sure there was more than one courier, he had gone from Beersheba, a city in the south, and traveled all the way to Dan in the north, and everywhere they went, this band of couriers posted these letters from King Hezekiah of Judah to all of Israel. You know, the courier would also read it aloud in the city square and then post it prominently for all to read. And this was the last. Whew! A long journey, right? And so the courier steps forward, and he begins to read the following. O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord, God of their fathers, so that he made them a desolation, as you see. Do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God, that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land, for the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. People began to gather to hear his announcement, and he rolls it up, and he walks over to a prominent place in town, probably a big board where they posted stuff like this, and he nailed it right there, and he posted this proclamation for all the people to read themselves. The temple in Jerusalem is now cleansed, 
And the people of Israel were being called to worship and to celebrate the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread once again. See, if you remember, northern Israel had been taken captive by Assyria and sent into exile. So those hearing this proclamation were not all Jewish, but this was meant for the Jewish people. Those who followed Yahweh. But remember, they were all taken in exile. And those that were left were a very small remnant of the Jewish tribes and the Jewish people that were left. They didn't take them all into exile, the Assyrians, but they took most of them. And so the small remnant that were left, Hezekiah is calling them to come back to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and to celebrate and worship Yahweh once again. And also Hezekiah, he wants them to come to Jerusalem and to Judah and to see the revival that is hitting Judah and to be a part of it. And not only that, notice what Yahweh promised if they came to be a part of this Passover Feast of Unleavened Bread celebration. First, under God's blessing, it would go well with those already taken captive by the Assyrians. God says your family and your friends who have been taken captive, if you come celebrate in Jerusalem, things will go well with them with their captives in Assyria. That's the first thing he promises. But secondly, God, God promises that he would restore the northern kingdom and allow them to come back to this land. What a wonderful promise. And it's just sitting out there ready to be taken up. All you have to do is obey the word of the Lord and return to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover. That is all you have to do, northern Israel, and you'll get blessing upon blessing. Now, if you remember, the Passover was a feast that was commanded by God to be celebrated every year as a commemoration of the people of Israel leaving the land of Egypt, right? If you remember that? Those 10 plagues and then the 10th plague was the f firstborn was going to be killed that night. But if you had the blood on your doorposts, the angel of death would pass over. So the angel of death passed over the people of Israel, right? And they celebrated this miraculous event every year. Not only that, God laid it out in Exodus 23 that there were three feasts that a good Jew was to celebrate every year. These three included the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was basically connected with Passover, the Feast of First Fruits, and the Feast of Ingathering, which were connected with Pentecost. I mean, if you were a good Jew, you had to celebrate these three every year. You had to go to the temple three times a year to celebrate these three feasts. You were supposed to do it. God commanded it. But sadly, these celebrations, these feasts had been neglected. I mean, the Passover had not been celebrated by the people of Israel for a very long time. I mean, they were too busy worshiping Baal and Asherah in the northern part of Israel. And, and in Judah, they just sort of let it go. And so Hezekiah 
He rededicates the temple. He cleanses the temple. And in a great act of obedience, Hezekiah then says, we need to come back and celebrate the Passover. Let's start doing that every year. And he calls for not just Judah, not just Benjamin, not those tribes that make up southern Israel, not just them. He calls for all of Israel. He invites all of northern Israel to come back to the rededicated temple and celebrate Passover once again. And God says, northern Israel, if you'll do it, I promise you those two wonderful blessings. And so the proclamation was sent out throughout the land to all the tribes of Israel to come join the celebration of Passover in Judah at the city of Jerusalem at the rededicated temple. And those blessings are just sitting out there, northern Israel. You're going to do it? You're going to do it? Why not? All you got to do is show up to a celebration. You just got to show up to a feast. Who would not want to do this? But you know how many of those tribes showed up? Judah had to show up, right? Because it's King Hezekiah of Judah. Benjamin was already there. So that leaves 10 other tribes. And do you know how many of those 10 other tribes showed up? Only three. Only three responded positively to the proclamation. Only three of the tribes, Zebulun, Asher, and Manasseh. The rest of the tribes, it says in the Bible, sadly, the rest of the tribes laughed these couriers to scorn. Here these tribes had a chance to once again see the blessing of God on their lives and to even receive some of their families back from exile. But they just mocked God and scorned the spiritual focus Hezekiah had called them to. How cold-hearted, how far away from God were they? But you know, that can happen to us as well, right? We can see people trying to be more spiritual or to maybe try to return to following the Lord with more zeal and passion. And in our cold-hearted state, we could end up laughing behind their back or putting them down as too serious or too strict. Or we use the term Pharisee. And we put down their desire to serve the Lord. I hope that's not true of me. I hope that's not true of you. I hope our hearts are not cold to the spiritual moving of the Lord around us. And we may not agree completely with what somebody wants to do, but we should appreciate their heart behind it and encourage them in it. Even if we are not called to it ourselves, we should not put down the spiritual desire to be more zealous and passionate for the Lord. We should never quench that. Well, Hezekiah, he doesn't care. He is not going to be stopped. Even if those around him were not going to follow, he was going to obey God no matter what others thought. And so, the day to celebrate the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread arrived. 
And the people piled into Jerusalem. The people came from Judah. They came from Benjamin. They came from Zebulun, Manasseh, Asher. And we're seeing some growth here. A few from the tribe of Ephraim. Yes, way to go, Ephraim. A few from the tribe of Ephraim arrived to celebrate Passover. And then for seven days after the Feast of Unleavened Bread and to participate in that, they all showed up. Well, they streamed into Jerusalem to renew their worship of Yahweh. And they were zealous and excited about renewing their worship of God. And so they came into Jerusalem and they began to cleanse Jerusalem. They began to tear down the Asherah poles that were left. You know, King Hezekiah got rid of most of them. But I bet some people had some in their backyards or in their houses they were hiding. Well, this mass of people, they tore down Asherah poles. They tore down altars to Baal. And they tore down all the pagan altars. And it says they took them to the Kidron Valley and burned them up. It says when the Levitical priests saw the zeal, and the passion of the people to serve the Lord. You know what they did? The priests rededicated themselves to properly worship and run the temple. See, when the leaders in a church see the passion of the people, it can encourage their hearts to follow God even more. Well, the people came. And they brought their sacrifices. And they ate the food. And they celebrated at the feast. And they came to the temple to worship God. But the sad thing was, the people had not celebrated Passover and the feasts in such a long time that they didn't know how to do it properly. See, the Bible lays out in no uncertain terms how the people of Israel were to celebrate all these feasts and how the people of Israel were to come to the Lord. They were to come to the Lord and they were only allowed to come to the Lord according to the Old Testament law. They had to come clean. If you were unclean, you could not worship at the temple. Now, to be clean isn't clean in the sense of having taken a shower or being physically clean. But rather the idea is you can only come to worship the Lord if you are ritually or ceremonially clean. God wanted you to be ceremonially clean to worship him. If you weren't, you were unclean and you had to wait till you were clean. You had to wait a number of days till you were clean, then you could come worship the Lord. Now, now the question is, what sort of things did the people who came during Hezekiah's time, they came to celebrate the Lord, right? But they came unclean. Now, what are some things that can make you unclean according to the Old Testament law? Well, childbirth is one thing that could make you unclean. You couldn't just give birth to a child and then show up. You had to have a period of time of cleansing. Infectious diseases like leprosy, if you had a skin disease of any kind, you couldn't come to celebrate at the temple. You were ritually, ceremonially unclean. Unusual bodily discharges. Now that's a little weird, I know. But again, that may have shown that maybe you had a physical sickness or something that maybe you could have spread to other people. 
That made you ritually, ceremonially unclean. And you had to wait a period of time before you were allowed to be clean and come to worship God. So unusual bodily discharges, infectious diseases like leprosy, childbirth, touching a corpse. In other words, you couldn't touch a dead body. If you had touched a dead body, you were unclean. Now, why you're touching dead bodies, I don't know. But if you had touched one, you had to wait a number of days to become clean, and then you could come worship the Lord. Handling the ashes of a red heifer used in water cleansing. Now, that's very specific. But that made you ceremonially unclean. And then finally, contact with anyone or anything that was unclean. So if you have a friend who's got a rash and you touch him, he's unclean. Now you're unclean, but you go to worship. No, you can't. You're unclean. You have to then, when you were unclean, you had to be separated from the people. And you couldn't worship at the temple until the time of cleansing had passed. And you were now clean. The Old Testament law laid this out, pretty easy to follow, to know if I'm clean or unclean. I can only come worship the Lord when I am clean. If I worship him in an unclean manner, I'm in danger. My life may literally be in danger because God is holy. You don't come to him. You don't worship him in an unclean way. I mean, this is for your own good. This is for the protection of the people. But these people had been so far away from God, knew so little about the Old Testament law, that when they came to worship, they didn't stop to think, am I clean or unclean? They were so excited about worshiping God that in their zeal, they just forgot about that whole clean, unclean. And so many of the people who ate and worshiped before God and gave sacrifices did it in an unclean way. They themselves were unclean. They entered the temple unclean. They they sacrificed before the Lord unclean. Maybe they had a rash. Maybe they had some infectious diseases. Maybe they had just touched a dead body, but they came in unclean and they worshiped God anyway. Well, Hezekiah, he saw this occurring. And he was afraid for the people. And he prayed before God on behalf of the people. And he prayed that God would show mercy towards them. These poor people, they wanted to please Yahweh and worship him. And it had been so long, so long that these things had been done that many of these people had no clue the sin they were committing. And so Hezekiah prayed for God's mercy on behalf of the people. And you know what? God heard Hezekiah's prayer. And the Bible says that in response, get this, God healed the people. God made the people clean. He healed the people. Think about that. God did it. God made the people clean. They had transgressed God's law and were in danger of grave punishment, but God showed grace and healed the people. You know, 
This is a prefiguring, a symbol of what God is going to do someday through Christ. It's a prefiguring of what God through Christ has done for us. He saw our sin and realized that there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We live in a constant state of impurity before him. Our sin is such an affront to a holy God. But God, Yahweh in his mercy, saves us, cleanses us, makes us right with him. It is nothing we deserve, and it cost his son Jesus greatly. But God offers it to those who would seek him, those who would come to him, however imperfectly you do. But it takes stepping out in faith, right? It takes stepping out in faith and coming to God through his son Jesus. That's what it takes. And many of the people of the northern tribes of Israel turned their backs on this grace being offered to them, but for those that chose to follow Yahweh, to worship him, God showed mercy and healed them and offered them grace upon grace. Well, this feast of the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread went so well, and they had such a great time that they decided to continue it for another seven days. And the people and the priests rejoiced in their God. And it says there over and over again in Second Chronicles that they rejoiced, and there was joy, and they rejoiced, and there was joy, and there was shouting and praising the name of Yahweh. And the Bible says that this celebration was full of joy, rejoicing and praise and then it says that nothing like it had been seen since the days of David and Solomon. Second Chronicles 30 verse 26 says, So there was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Well, not only that, this remnant of the remnant of northern tribes, they came to God in ignorance, right? And they didn't even know what they were doing. They came to him unclean, but in his mercy, God received them, God healed them. But then it says God taught them the good knowledge of the Lord. He didn't want them to leave. He received them in ignorance, but he didn't want them to leave in ignorance. And so... He used the priests to spend time during the celebration to teach the people once again what God expects of them, to teach them once again the good knowledge of the Lord. And so this celebration, this feast ends with the priests giving a blessing upon the people. And this blessing is out of number six, 22 through 26. And it's a wonderful blessing. And man, I, I say it upon you. Anyone who's listening, I pray it for you. And the blessing goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you 
and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Man, I pray that upon anybody listening to this podcast. And and what a sweet thought to be in your head as you're leaving this wonderful celebration that Yahweh blesses me and keeps me, that Yahweh will make his face to shine upon me and to be gracious to me, and that Yahweh will lift up his countenance upon me and give me peace. I want that, Lord. And the people went back to their homes. What a wonderful time of rejoicing and praise to God. It was a high. Woo! Give each other high fives. It was a high for the people of Israel. But as usual, when there's a spiritual high, that's when Satan loves to attack. Because then came the news. The terrible news. And it was news that was so frightening that the people in Hezekiah trembled in fear. And you know what it was? We'll come back next week to find out. Thank you for listening to Bald Head Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.